you do that with footballers like he said about Leeds, and when you do things like that about a man like Stuart Pearce, I'm, I've kept really quiet, but I'll tell you something. He went down in my estimation when he said that. We have not resorted to that, but I'll tell you, you can tell him now if you're watching it, we're still fighting for this title, and he's got to go to Middlesbrough and get something. And, and I'll tell you, honestly, I will love it if we beat them. Love it. <laughs> wow. Hello and welcome to the From the Halfway Line show. Is that what we're calling it, Ben? Sure, we'll go with that for now. Cool. Uh, so I'm Joe, I'm hosting this week. That was Ben, who just Hello. confirmed the name of our podcast. This is Lucas. Hello. And that was <laughs> Kevin Keegan, the intro. Um, so if you're not familiar already with the uh, structure of our podcast, we do a subject each week. A few weeks ago it was Fulham. Each week. <laughs> it's a stretch, it's a stretch. Um, we try to do one each week, but you know, we're busy men, we're busy men. Mm. Um, so this week we'll be discussing Arsenal, a subject close to Lucas's heart. And uh, if there's any big fans of the show, they'll notice that I've been demoted this week yeah. after a poor performance in the opening <laughs> vlog. So uh, here I am, but it is Arsenal, so. Well, it's more a rotation policy. Oh, it's good to hear. <laughs> great for morale and confidence. Yeah, so. so we're going to try and keep this, um, I wouldn't say short, but we just don't want to ramble on. So I think we just get cracking. Yes. You say, Ben. Great. So we're going we're going to discuss Arsenal and um firstly we're going to discuss Unai Emery compared to Arsene Wenger in his final year. Oh god. Um, this is going to so be an emotional <laughs> podcast for me. I've not so got I, any awareness of these questions. Believe so. it or not, I did a small amount of research before we got here. And there's a few stats which stood out. So I'll just just throw them at you and you can um let me know if you've got any thoughts on them. So Arsenal under Emery this season have already reached last season's points total, having played six fewer games, which I was pretty surprised by. I think that's pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, can we can we interject or are you yeah, going to yeah, go, no, go for all your go facts ahead. first? Go ahead. I mean, that is an amazing start and it looked better before our last game, before we played our first away <laughs> game of our maiden six, I think it is. And uh, I've heard a very good point that we could well still finish on this amount of points <laughs> at the end of the season, given the amount of weight gains we have left. So maybe that's better to judge at the end of the season. Um, so Arsenal under Emery this season have already matched last season's win total of 19. That's after 32 games, obviously. Uh, and Unai Emery has won three more points away from home in four fewer games than okay. Arsenal did under Wenger nice. last season. Oh, but you have to remember, Arsenal Wenger didn't win an away game in 2019 until... Over the last, I think it was the last game. Uh, against season. Huddersfield, yeah, wasn't yeah, yeah. it? That is impressive. Though. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's two bad away performances, I'd say, and then one's less bad than the other. Yeah. If that's impressive by my standards. Yes. So, I'm not really sure what point I was trying to make with those stats, but I was going to ask you the question. I'll go to you first, Lucas, as a resident say, Arsenal fan. Can I just say that I have very sweaty hands right now? <laughs> so I, 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 don't, I don't normally have sweaty hands. <laughs> Maybe these questions are. You're just nervous. I think I am. Um, we need so better microphones. <laughs> maybe. So, my question to you is: What could you su- could you summarise what Unai Emery has done differently to Arsene Wenger in his first season? I think like, I'm. I was always a big Wenger fan, and I still never turn my back on the bloke. But um, one thing I will say about Emery is: I think the like, overriding emotion from the first season of him is that we aren't a joke anymore. I don't think we ever go down in games like we did under Wenger. I think 
the game at Anfield was the exception, I think, when we lost 5-1. But I felt like that kind of humiliation was quite regular in the last two seasons under Wenger. Because of him and because of the squad's various different attributes, but I do think that's the biggest difference for me. The fact that I don't go into away at City now fearing getting beaten by six, whereas I did before. And I didn't go into that game against Liverpool fearing to get beaten by five, even though we nearly did. So um, for me, that's the biggest difference. And I love the fact that we have a flexibility to our shape and we're really making use of our squad now. And I can see a big improvement before the next season. So That's just reminded me of another stat that I wrote down. Um, <laughs> Ben's just passed <laughs> me a message. <laughs> oh, wow. The ben, what does the message say? Let's read it out. <laughs> Hold the mic a bit closer. Oh, fair enough. Is this better? From um, yes, that's much better. Thank you. Sorry. Yeah, the whole point of the mo- note was to not to tell people oh, we're listening. Give people a glimpse behind the curtain, Ben. They, well, if they listened last time, they'll know that there's enough technical problems going on right now. Like, <laughs> they don't the, need the anymore. people who listen to this might be visual learners, so they're already missing out a lot. So, if anything we can do to create an image if, for them, if you're a visual learner, listen to a podcast. I think a few other issues. Well, I, going think, on. I think the other problem is no one's here to learn, are they? Like, <laughs> so, I say another technical issue we have is that <laughs> Tom is cooking tricks in the background. <laughs> yes. But these are all part of... It's, it's, it's some great ambient noise, all right? It makes it look like we're real people. It does smell good in here. <laughs> if, yeah, if you could smell this podcast, it'd be the best running podcast in the country right now. Anyway, the stat that I was reminded by, Lucas. Uh, so Unai Emery, this season, has won double the amount of points against the big six sides as Arsene Wenger did mm-hmm. in his final season, which I think backs up the point that you made, that you don't go into the big games in the Premier League expecting to get humiliated anymore. No, we're, we're competitive. We're completely competitive in these games. You think even at Liverpool we went... I think you we went, went ahead in that Yeah, game, we went you? ahead. Maitland-Niles, I mm. think, actually got the goal. Mm. And um, if it wasn't for some like, shambolic individual performances, I don't think that would have happened. I think we actually were set up to avoid that, but then you can't help a collapse. Well, and and if, if, anywhere, if anywhere a collapse is going to happen, if you can see two goals on the bounce... At Anfield, what the Etihad is going to be where you're going to concede a gut of those. So. Yeah. But yeah, we are competitive. I think I feel like when we go into games against Chelsea now, I'm confident. Mm. If we play United, I'm also confident. And it's that's definitely not something that was previous. I think I think we lost against Chelsea maybe seven times in a row when like just around Drogba slash post Drogba era, mm. we couldn't we couldn't win a game. So. Just bringing a smile to my face, <laughs> <laughs> remembering when Chelsea were fun to watch. Um, I'll come to you, Ben. So. Luke's has kind of touched on it already, but um, Emery's style of play, I think it's, it's, um, it's certainly different to Arsene Wenger's. And the one criticism that I've seen levelled at Wenger this season, um, at Emery this season... I mean, you can keep uh, as much as you want. <laughs> the one criticism I've seen levelled at Emery this season... He'll be on Benin Sports every week. So. <laughs> ...is that Arsenal don't really have a, a trademark style of play. So if you go through the top six teams in the Premier League I think you know how they're going to play and even under Wenger you knew how Arsenal were going to play I mean it wasn't very good but <laughs> at least you knew what they were going to do with Emery I mean are you underwhelmed by the way that Arsenal play under Emery? I don't think so I think when you've had a manager at a club for as long as Wenger was at Arsenal for whoever comes in next it's going to take him a long time to, to figure out how their style is going to be implemented by those players so I'm not surprised to see him try a few different things this season. I'm not surprised he's going to try out a few different players as well and see which players he wants to keep on for his sort of... I think next season will be his real charge for the Champions League spots. I know 
how well how close they are this season and we'll get on to that I imagine eventually but I don't think when he came in this season he'd have thought I need to get in the Champions League it would be I need to see which players are going to be good enough for my system next season and what system I can play with them yeah. I think there's a lot of experimenting. I think like that might not necessarily give you one obvious style, but I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. I think one thing that we have from all of the formations that he uses is overlapping fullbacks. And it's not as simplistic as that. Like he does literally if you see him on a touchline, Emery is most happy when his fullback is on the end of an assist. That's that's his philosophy, I think. So and I just think I think I think there is a identity appearing which is just pragmatism. And I think that's definitely something we've not had at all. One one thing that I'm really jealous of about that you have as an Arsenal fan and obviously as a Chelsea fan, I am really jealous of the tactical flexibility, the pragmatism that Emery has because Chelsea have the polar opposite in Sarri who will literally not, he, he, he will not change his tactics for anyone or anything. But Emery, I think, I don't know if this is, um, Factually correct, but I heard that he's used six different style formations I've heard that as well. this season. The weird thing is, though, I could never tell you which one he'd use. Mm. There's no like consistency in terms of playing a big team away or playing a small team at home. It doesn't fit into any particular mould. So I think it really is dependent on the exact opposition and the exact lineup he faces. I quite but like I'd that. Li- I'd like to see a, a like if anyone. I think Ben, you might be able to produce something of this caliber. Seeing the kind of teams he plays against like a 4-4-2 is one thing that he consistently plays because mm. I think there must be some kind of consistency I'm just not I just have an idea yeah you probably it. need to look at the, the pattern across mm. the season you know the formation that the opponents have played and we have not done that no. <laughs> I'm, sorry to, I'm sorry to sat us out yeah. I wonder if that's a contribu- contributing factor to your poor away f- poorer away form against stronger teams this season though is that when you're at home you can sort of switch up a little bit more and you can be more comfortable. Whereas away from home, you probably want more consistency in your starting 11 mm. in the way you play because that's just going to make you stronger. I don't think you can adapt as well away from home. Um, it's just a theory. Again, I haven't seen the formations. Mm. He might have started the same formation every away game this season. <laughs> but one thing he does get praised for a lot and I, I praise him for it as well, but maybe there could be a bit of element of mistake there is that he often changes shape and two players at half time. Which is that a good thing? Is that being well, pragmatic gonna, or is that setting up the team wrong? I was gonna ask about that because you could you could look at it two ways. One is that he's got his tactics wrong continually at the beginning of games. And you have to obviously criticise a manager for that. But on the flip side, uh, for example, Maurizio Sarri, you could say in a lot of games you would look at the team at half time and say this isn't working and the exact same team comes out. But with Emery, as you say, he makes two changes. I think that's totally a refreshing aspect that um, leaves it in his favour is that like you want him to do it and he does. I think against Everton, we were really, really poor in the first half. We weren't that much better in the second, but we had a good 10 minutes when he just made the changes. But like, I wanted Aubameyang and Ramsey to come on at half time looking at the bench and looking at the team what was happening and they did. Mm. And like, that's, it's refreshing because you, didn't get, you don't get that under managers too you don't get the subs you want and the times you want and you do under Emery we saw that last night uh, in the Spurs Man City game they, Man City went 1-0 down and it took to the 89th minute for Guardiola to bring on Sane and De Bruyne and you think why is why is it taking you 15 minutes after I'd, the goal to make that decision I'd love to do a whole podcast on Guardiola's use of Sane I do yeah. not understand it whatsoever we'll get there we'll get there we've got a long <laughs> summer ahead of us of well they're football. weekly podcasts aren't they <laughs> so, uh, on the uh, subject of stats and this is t- totally not relevant however uh, Guardiola since 2011 in away games in the Champions League or the quarters or the semi-finals has won one match and that was wow. away to Shakhtar Donetsk with Barcelona 1-0 those juggernauts in Ukraine yeah 
So in eight years, he's won one away game in the last eight or the I last four. I think I also saw that Phil Foden was still in primary school when yeah, that yeah, happened. Yeah, yeah. Um, wow, that's a. I mean, he's he he still a I mean, I'm not here to criticise Guardiola, but... Like <laughs> anyway, that could be another podcast. So, uh, I think we're unanimous in that Emery has improved Arsenal since Wenger... I don't think anyone can say he hasn't. No. I think it's impossible. I think you can if you work for Arsenal Fan TV and you're really struggling for ad revenue right now because <laughs> the Wenger's finally gone. Apart from that, yeah, yes. What's happened to Arsenal Fan TV? Well, they still going? Well, I assume... Well, they're not allowed to call themselves that anymore, are they? They're oh, really? AFTV. Because Arsenal, Arsenal told them they're not allowed to use their name anymore. <laughs> um, so AFTV I don't think anyone cares anymore now that Wenger's gone the controversy's gone that was uh, I bloody hate them but, um, I think a lot of Arsenal fans did I think uh, a lot of their rev- uh, like viewership came from opposition fans enjoying the fact that Arsenal were struggling they're, they're a bunch of idiots <laughs> they actually are like ill-informed idiots <laughs> anyway, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so as I say we're unanimous in the fact that we believe Emery has improved Arsenal but they're obviously not the finished article because I think you're, are you fourth at the moment? Or just outside yes, the top four? we just dropped down from third. But as Chelsea, as United, as Spurs are, Arsenal are way off the pace of Liverpool and City. So there's still a long way to go. So, again, I've got a few stats here. This is the research that I've been doing on my day this off. Is, this is the host that everyone wanted. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is why I'm not So, there. Emery has improved Arsenal away from home, but they're still 10th in the league based on their away form. Mm. Um... They've also only got seven clean sheets all season, which is joined 11th in the league. And with this season combined with the whole of last season, Arsenal have only got nine wins from 34 away games. So clearly the away form is still a massive issue. Clearly the defence is still an issue. Lucas, how does he solve these problems? Is it a case of personnel, different tactics? I like to think it's personnel because I don't see a reason why Emery's tactics wouldn't work away from home. And... I feel like we do need better players. Like when we, I think it's really good to use Everton as an example because that's probably one of our worst away performances of the season. And we started the game with El Nenny and Mustafi. And while they're like, while everyone, no one's got a bad word to say about El Nenny, everyone has a bad <laughs> word to say about Mustafi, who is a horrendous footballer. I would say he's one of the only players that's got worse under Emery. Definitely, he's. I I, I don't understand him. I I, I he misplaces. The stats, he definitely misplaces at least four passes a game that cause <laughs> us to like, concede a good chance. And he pushes someone in the back from, every, from the corner every game. And yeah, I think once we... I think that is, like I said, the personnel is the issue for me so far. It's a convenient one, but I do think if we swapped out Mustafi for a proper centre-back, like Socrates has been immense. If we get another character of his sort, which I think Emery likes those kind of guys, and if we don't have... Jacara, we don't have Torreira suspended. We would be better in those kind of games, but I, I agree with you. But I'll counter with Rob Holding had a great start to the season. He looks like your best centre back at times, and then picked up a season-ending injury, and yet you still couldn't really keep clean sheets away from home, even with him and Socrates playing together. I know Mustafi has been dire, but I wonder if there is still a slight weakness in the in the system that Emery plays. I can't. I, I I think Rob Holden was a stopgap. I think like he was improving, but he was just always going to be like fifth choice, fourth choice. So I don't think we can be criticised for making him a better player. But I think that's a little bit like when Chris Smalling and Phil Jones have a few good games, and you're yeah. like, oh, you know, they could be the long term answer. Is Rob Holden realistically the long term answer at Arsenal? How is Smalling and Jones still a partnership with United? <laughs> that has been like five years now. I've just well, no, Phil Jones no, no. just signed a new contract as well. They can't get rid of him for a while. <laughs> 
Yeah, but I, it is really. I, I don't know. I think that's the the annoying thing about the away form. No one really knows why. So I don't think it's a mentality thing. I really don't think those players and that team go out there and think, oh, we're away from home here, we can't win this. Because when you look at Aubameyang, you look at, like I said, they're all brimming with confidence. Mm. I don't think the defenders are particularly unconfident. Do you look at Mezzo with the captain's armband and think something's missing there, though? No, I don't. I think, I'm sure that's going to be a subject yes. of the pod. Ozil is uh, he's on the shortlist. I think Ozil was fine against Everton. He did every bit of work he wanted to do. He played well. He created, He's probably our best player on the day, apart from... Rams in the second half and then and he also threw his coat at Marco Silva which was quite funny yeah (laughs) (laughs) Um, it feels like a cliche because we've been saying it for about 10 years but Arsenal I feel like Arsenal still need a good defender a good centre back like Socrates is good but he's obviously what like 32 now I mean, Koscielny's a similar age. He's still good, but he's injury prone. But he was playing so well, Koscielny, as well. His first two games back were horrendous, and I was fully thinking he's done. And then since then, he's come back. And I even think, like, we say, like, the we jump on this away form again, but if we'd just beaten Everton, which I think we could have done if we just had Koscielny there, who I think just missed out. And it is frustrating, because I think we well, are getting there. Where would you say they need to strengthen, Ben? Because uh, just if I run through the squad quickly in my head I would say they probably need a new centre back I don't. I can't think of any like good wingers that Arsenal have I know you don't always play with wingers you often play um, three at the back um, and I still think holding midfielder like, I like Torreira and I know you quite like Xhaka but I think beyond I think beyond Torreira there's not a lot in that midfield like what would you say Ben? I think yeah, yeah I think you're right I don't know how good Guendouzi is ever going to get I think he's had, like, the amount he's played this season it's been brilliant for his development but can you rely on him week in, week out if Jacker or Torreira are missing? Question, it's questionable right now. I think Arsenal are going to need a Ramsey replacement. He's not starting every game, which is still bizarre to me, but we've, they've brought in Denis Suarez you know, from Barcelona. He's done nothing, to, to, uh, honestly. So I think some big investment might be needed there. If they can get a player in, in that position, because uh, Mesut Ozil's future still up in the air, because I don't know how much they want him to be there. He's obviously got a massive contract. But then you know, they can't really find anyone for him to go. But I wouldn't be surprised if Arsenal tried to strengthen with another attacker in that in that area. Mm. But you're right, centre-back has got to be the, the most important area. And probably a backup to Bellerin when he's fit. Because I don't mm. think Lichsteiner is going to be around for much longer. It's probably not the most interesting point, but do you think we need a new goalkeeper? Not because of... I not, was going to replace that, then, Leno, then. but obviously Czech is retiring. And we've got Martinez on loan at Reading, I think he is. Yeah. And I think he's one player of the month there. Ospina, at least still your player. Oh, no, he's not. <laughs> no, he is not. I think, well, there's been an upturn in form at Reading. They've taken themselves away from the relegation zone. I don't know how much of that is to do with Martinez, but is he good enough to be a Premier League backup? Well, Europa League or Champions League I team had, backup? I had understandably forgotten about Ospina. <laughs> but I, I think... I don't he's think first, first choice at Napoli, second in Serie A. Congratulations <laughs> to him. Congratulations uh, enjoy to your Oscar career in Syria. Because he will be playing for Napoli tomorrow night, I Is imagine. Is he not Surely he's cup No, tied. you can in the Europa League, I think. Oh, of course you can. Oh, dear. Wow, that's a... That's well, a hidden fair, story there. That is the best news Arsenal have got for a long time. Don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure in Europe you can play against your parent club. Well, I know, I know you can play... I just can't... No, surely, surely you wouldn't play against Arsenal. No, I think you can. We should have checked this before this started. Really. I mean, I generally hope he does. De Bruyne I'm played against Chelsea when he was at Ghent, I think it was, and we had loaned him out. Um, there's a couple of other instances as well. Courtois played against us for Atleti. Tasty. Mm. I, I'm, I'm up for a Spina playing. If yeah. it's my choice, he's plays. 
Um, so I was going to move on to signings while Ben looks up. <laughs> ben did make a really good point. Though. I think the Gwendozi, the amount of games Gwendozi has played this year is, is we got used to it now because he's been playing so much. But he was literally bought for the academy as a player for next season, mm. and he's played like thirty plus games already. I think, but mm. it does show how we do need to strengthen him. I'm not saying he's a bad player. I, I really like him, but I do think he's got a long way to go, and I think he needs a long time to develop before he's ready for constant first team action in the way he's getting so we're going to move on to the signings Ben's got, Ben's got news oh, got ben. ben do you want to pass it to me on a piece of paper yeah. or are you going to say it Ospina can play wow, wow. scenes that was, that was lovely and synchronised so <laughs> he can't return to Arsenal after this unless no either, either way has, has a terrible game he can't come back has a good game he can't come back um, this is good news right so I, I've i got six signings here that Arsenal made either in the summer or in January. I must admit I thought Arsenal made more, but I don't think they did. I think it was the six. Um, so I'm just going to list them and you can tell me whether you think they've been successful or not, whether you think they've got a long-term future. So first of all, Lucas Torreira, 29 Premier League appearances. I would say he's probably, in my opinion, he's your best centre midfielder, taking away Ramsey because he's obviously going. I don't rate Shaka. I know you do. I don't rate him. I do like Gwendouzi. El Nenis is a squad player. I mean, is there anyone else in your midfield that whole that is as good as Torreira? I mean, everyone's no, 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 not as good as Torreira. Yeah. I thought you were going to ask anyone else in midfield, but um, no, I think um, Torreira has definitely been a success. Has a really good future at Arsenal, but I think weirdly Emery is a tiny bit. Look, he has a tiny. He has a few reservations about him. I don't think he's completely convinced, despite how. Unbelievably, was in his first month or so when he, he had a good into period, 11. didn't he? When he when you beat Spurs four two, I think he scored in that game. But and everyone was saying, "Oh, he's you know, he's just like Kante." But you haven't seen a lot of him recently. He's left him on the bench a lot through no injury, just fully available, and hasn't played. So, but I think he's definitely got a great future. I think Emery's got a lot of plans going on in this head, and I think holding back Torreira and bedding him in a bit is definitely one of them. I look at Torreira Ben, and I think he is the kind of midfielder that Arsenal have been crying out for. Again, it's like a cliche, but since Vieira and Gilberto Silva left Arsenal, like a holding midfielder who actually puts his foot in and isn't afraid to, you know, to pick up a few yellow cards, can pass the ball. What do you reckon? Yeah, I agree. I think he's he's been what Arsenal needed for a long time. He needs that that steel in the middle. Um, and I don't know where those reservations come from, Fremery. I don't know if it's to do with the fact that if he comes up against a bigger midfielder, a bigger midfield like pairing. Is his physical stature maybe an issue for him? I don't know if that's the only that's the only real thing I can think of, but I think he's going to play a lot more next season. I think maybe having such a long World Cup as well with Uruguay mm. may have given him reservations to begin with. I don't know why more recently he has. Um, See, I would say our best pairing right now is Xhaka and Torreira in in the two as a midfield two, yeah. and I don't think that is a combination he likes too much. I think he would honestly rather have Guendouzi and Xhaka. Is it because Guendouzi is a bit more mobile? Maybe, he does do seem to drift around the pitch quite a lot when you want to see him play. You did mention um, a holding midfielder for Arsenal who's good at winning the ball. He's tenacious. Mm. Got a good work rate. <laughs> and I just immediately thought of Emmanuel Frimpong who <laughs> I would just like to bring up for the podcast who just retired. Really? Yeah, he retired at the age of 28 or 29. Wow. Because of consecutive like one-year injuries. Really? Yeah, and he's given up the game. What a shame. So, Rest how'd in you, peace. Fulham? <laughs> yes. Fulham legend. He's Emmanuel still got a rap career as a fullback on. Yeah, he's definitely got a rap. I think Lethal Bizzle was one of his biggest mm. 
complement is on his retirement. So. Yeah. <laughs> that says it all, doesn't it? Um, so moving on, we mentioned him briefly already, but uh, Bern Leno, uh, 26 Premier League appearances, only six clean sheets. I'm not sure how much of that is actually down to Leno. But I, I haven't got the stats to hand because you have to pay for these kind of stats and we, we don't again. But, um, Waiting on the budget, are we? <laughs> if you look at expected goals conceded, Leno consistently during his time at Leverkusen and during his time at Arsenal, I believe, he lets in more goals than you would expect a goalkeeper to let in. <clears throat> and so on the flip side, someone who is the opposite to that is someone like David De Gea, who saves far more than you would expect him to save. And that's what makes him such a good goalkeeper. Um, Fabianski is very good at that. Mm, he's got most saves in the Premier League. Season, oh, Nick Pope. Mm. Very good first year. If only you'd kept hold of Fabianski. <laughs> don't even get don't even get me started. I'm watching Chesney play for Juventus tonight after watching him learn his trade at Arsenal. Um, so the question on Leno, I mean, I think we're all agreed that he's an upgrade on Peter Cech, 2019 Peter Cech. Um, but is he good enough long term? I'd like to know, you say then about, the, uh, he definitely did have a bad ratio of the XG when he come from Leverkusen. Yeah, I'm not sure what the stats are with he Arsenal. Was, he, was the, he was, the positive of him was the passing, mm. playing Emery's game and Czech was the better shot saver. And I think that was definitely true for the first half of the season. But I'd love to know if there had been a turnaround in his expected goals conceded because he's just changed dramatically in the last three months, I'd say. I think he's under the radar got a lot better. Mm. Would you reckon? Yeah, I'd agree. I've not watched him that closely recently but I, I especially his uh, performance against Spurs the, like, the double save stands I was gonna, out I was going to ask what, who was that so against was that against Spurs yeah that was brilliant I mean that was, that yeah, was unbelievable and he won Arsenal player of the month I think that month as well I don't know yeah, if he deserved yeah, he did, it he did. but I think oh, we've, um, we've got the worst the worst hashtag ever <laughs> I well, can't Ar- Arsenal having cringy social media <laughs> I, I honestly, I honestly right. can't even pronounce it properly but it's phenomenal and Leno in the same word so it's like Lenominal. <laughs> they, there's genuinely a hashtag that Arsenal use whenever they reference Ben Leno. Well, that's Lenominal. Can anyone have a better Does stab at work? that? I don't. I honestly, I honestly look at the word and I can't imagine how to say it. So that's my Phenom best. Leno. No, no, it's it's Leno is the first book. Oh. Lenominal. Guess that's the best. But, but like, it looks better written down than said as an actual word because it's not an actual word. Mm. But that's, uh, that's pretty horrendous. Cool. Wow. Let's yeah. just move on from that. Yep. Uh, and solely based on that, Leno does not have a long-term future at Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> um, one player, a new signing that I know you're a fan of, Lucas, is Socrates. I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce his surname. Papastopoulos. Thank you, Ben. Um, yes. I'm surprised he's only made 22 Premier League appearances, but I think he's had a few injuries. Mm. Um, but I, I think he just makes your defence so much stronger. I mean, he's... I feel like he is the adult guiding child Mustafi through each and every game. <laughs> so do I, so do I. But he, he just, he just, even his appearance, he just looks like he's got a bit of, he's got some experience and he looks like he's got a bit of steel about him. Whereas Mustafi is just a total clown. But what's she, I know you're a big fan of Socrates. He's just no nonsense. He literally, he's a warrior. And I'm not, I know, another cliche, but he literally is... A warrior and that's what we needed in our defence he actually puts everything on the line is consistent and that's just something we haven't had in a very long time I like how Greek he is as well I don't mean to be uh, he is very Greek but he's extremely hairy he <laughs> and, and when he got sent off against Wren I think it was just the most 
the most the most Greek shrug ever as the referee gave him a red card. I do like he his shrug. Like he could not care less. That he lifts his shoulders very high. Yeah, when that's he shrugs. it. That's it. Yeah. And he, you know, he he pulls that that face where it's like, what? Surely not. Surely not. He's he's the master of the tactical foul. Like mm. he will honestly get away with four of them until he comes up against a ref who's watched him before and he gets booked in the first <laughs> one. And that's where the look comes from. Would you have him in your first choice Arsenal starting eleven, Ben? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he's, he's I think their best defender. Uh, do you see Ben? Do you see a future for Socrates and Mavropanos as a uh, Greek centre back? I mean, it for is Arsenal? it is made to happen, isn't it? It'd be so great. I've, I've not seen Mavropanos play enough to know if he's ever going to be any good. What would both your back fours be for Arsenal or back threes? Um, if you're playing a back three, I would have Koscielny and Socrates. Um, That's two. And, and I'm thinking, I'm thinking the third one, I'd probably go Monreal. Declining. But yeah. a very good player. I mean, I, if Holding's fit, I'd probably have Holding over Monreal. And then if you're playing a back four, you'd obviously have Bellerin, I think we're Koscielny, the fact we need a Koscielny Socrates and Klasinac left back. Yeah, I'd agree. I'd agree with that. Yeah. What would you go with? Yeah. No, I don't have. <laughs> I think Bellerin definitely. Obviously, when he comes back, Kalasinac. I don't know. Mm. I literally don't know what to do with him. He's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant going forward. He's a wing back, isn't he? He's not really and, a full back. But he can't even do the defensive duties of a wing back. So Emery's even tried bringing him on at left mid. <laughs> and playing him on the left wing. And it doesn't work because he needs the starting position from fullback to burst on to suit his attacking flair. And he obviously does not trust him as a, in a back four whatsoever, in no shape or form. And I don't know where it leaves him because Monreal needs to go because he's declining. I think that we need to move on from Monreal. I think that's definitely something that needs to happen. I think he, he's even linked with Barcelona. Monreal. Yeah. They, they're, they're enjoying that sort of early 30s signing right now, yeah, aren't they? Yeah, they're picking up Matter, aren't they? One Matter, yeah, apparently. Yeah, they had Kevin Prince-Boateng in uh, winter yeah, as well. Yeah, weird. But yeah, I think we definitely need a left-back, definitely the centre-back, and probably a right-back, given Bellerin's injury. So. Yeah. Um, so move on to Guendouzi, who we've already mentioned. 27 Premier League appearances. He's pretty much been a regular this season. I was surprised to see he's got no goals and no assists in the Premier League. Are you surprised, plays, are you? No, I am. I know he plays as more of a holding midfielder. But you'd have thought Arsenal, who dominate most teams, particularly at home, you'd have thought he would have picked up the occasional assist or goal. I'm quite surprised. But having said that, I think he's been quite impressive. Uh, do you think he's a future fixture of their midfield long term? It's interesting. I think it depends on who they sign this season, honestly. Because I think they're going to, I've said before, I think they're going to bring at least one centre midfielder in. Um, and whether or not that gives Guendouzi the same amount of game time as he's had this season, I think it's unlikely. I think this. I can't imagine he will play 27 games by this stage next year, and that's. And it just depends how that affects his development. It's not ideal to go from huge exposure to expected to be a sub next year. It's, it's almost like he needs to go out on loan next season. I think. Else. I think he does probably. But I don't. I don't know where. I don't know what level he would fit in at. I'm surprised. Do you not think he's he could keep playing this amount of games for Arsenal? I quite like. I think. Him. I think he could, but I don't think we're gonna win big things with him in the first 11 at the moment I think, we definitely can in, I think we definitely can in the future and I'm not against it if we keep him and we play him I'm happy but I think if we're being brutal and looking at it completely without emotion then I think he needs to go out and loan because he's so raw still yeah. like, he does make mistakes and he is overly passionate at times which is really nice from a fan <laughs> point of view <laughs> not when he hung out that car <laughs> yeah but from a, from a from uh, a 
from a winning point of view, it's not always the best thing. So I think the zero goals, zero assists. I think it does actually play a part because I think when you watch him play, he's brilliant in the middle of the middle third of the pitch. But as soon as he pushes into that final third, he sort of loses his head a little bit. The mm. decision making is not there yet. He still haven't got the tactical kind of um, maturity, has he? No. He's, he's nineteen, isn't he? Yeah, he's either 19 or 20. That's incredible. It, yeah, for him to be playing this many games at this age. Well, it was his first, first appearances in a top flight of any. How, how old is Phil Foden? He's 18. 18, 18. And you compare the two, like, I'm not trying to compare him on ability, but the, fact, the amount of football they've played, it's incredible. He's well, just... Phil Foden's still going to go through puberty, remember? So, <laughs> you know, he's got that coming. Okay. So I think we can all agree that the four signings we've mentioned already, Torreira, Leno, Socrates, Guendouzi, have been on different levels but they've all been successful sign-ins and we think they've all got futures at Arsenal two players that I don't think have been successful sign-ins I mean we we can brush over this one because Denis Suarez what was the point I mean he's made four Premier League appearances all off the bench I I had forgotten that he was at Arsenal until I looked it up today I honestly have no idea it's Lazar Markovic <laughs> he's not that bad <laughs> I mean, he's, he's, he's been at Barcelona for a long time and they didn't want to sell him He's obviously got some talent, but was he just unfit, or does he? Not? I, th- I honestly think he's there just in case someone gets injured and no one's got injured. I think it's that he's there in case two or three players get injured, mm. and it's also because I don't know if we're going to move on to this later, but because you sent Smith Rowe out on loan, and I think he and would be the backup player it, in that position. He's not actually played a game. No, he's, he's not, not been, been fit. He's well. not even made a squad yet. But um, I think Mkhitaryan's form. Mm. was really, really declining that around about the time we got Dennis Suarez in and he's been brilliant since. So I think that has been a massive block for him. But I'm not doubting he's got ability, but I don't understand what I think it's safe to say does. Suarez... I mean, I don't know if they've got an option to buy, but I think it's safe to say he won't be at Arsenal next season. I really hope not, <laughs> because that would be such a... It'd be the world's laziest Ramsey replacement. unambitious signing, wouldn't it? Mm. Um, and then the last one is Stefan Licksteiner. 12 Premier League appearances. Oh, my God. Uh, I mean, when he was brought in, I quite liked it because I think Lucas and I, I don't know if you are, Ben, but we appreciate the shithouses of football. Oh, yeah. So Diego Costa is arguably my favourite player. Um, Stefan Licksteiner is a massive shithouse. And he's he'd been, at, he'd been at Juventus for a long time, playing quite regularly. And you thought, bring him in on a free transfer. I think it's a one-year deal he was on, back up to Bellerin. I think it probably would have worked more if Bellerin didn't get that season-ending injury. And Lickstein has been exposed against the best teams that Bellerin would have play, played against. In hindsight, I think it's safe to say it was a bad signing, but it looked, it made sense at first. <laughs> the facial feeling suggests that. I want I I to clear up my position on this one. Because <laughs> I, I really like a shithouse, like you do, like you just said. And I thought he was an experienced shithouse. <laughs> so there are definitely tweets that could be dug up. No one, want, no one cares enough to dig them up, but they're there. That I was very excited when he signed. But I defend my opinion in that I didn't know how much he had declined. <laughs> I can't... I've not seen a person, a player, play football for Arsenal at this poor standard since the Squalachi days. <laughs> I've honestly... If you, can, if you want evidence, go watch the Liverpool game when we, played, when we lost 5-1 five, five, at Anfield. He loses the ball in the air. He has no idea. It's like someone's throwing a frisbee overhead. <laughs> he looks up in the air and he's like a lost dog. He does not know where the ball is. It is just embarrassing. Like he can't. He has absolutely no pace. And we have so many stats. Like we we collate everything. I think Arsenal, even on the Instagram, we brought up of um, how fast everyone is, their average times, and everything. So we know he can't run. 
We know he can't do that. He must have had a medical or something. Oh, fucking hell. He, this, guy, this guy can't even walk. And then and he actually plays for us. And that's okay. Like he, I mean, he hasn't made a squad in like five games now, which I, I, I'm I very grateful has, for. What has saved Arsenal is that Maitland-Niles is... I don't know if he's a right back by trade. I think he's a centre midfielder. No, there's a, um, there's a. You have to refer to him as a centre midfielder, despite the fact he's probably played there like twice in his professional career and he's played at right back maybe about thirty times. Right. So you still have to refer to him. Every commentator on any platform has to refer to him as an out of out of position fullback, like a reverse Fabian Delph. Mm. <laughs> I don't know at what point it becomes a position that he can play, but, but it's I think not his, yet. His his emergence is kind of that. Interim right back until Bellerin comes back has saved you because Licksteiner, as you say, he hasn't made a squad in what, five games, is it? Can you think of anyone in the Premier League this year that's played as poorly as Licksteiner? I can think of about 12 um, in the full of the <laughs> squad hit, right hit, now. Hit me, I'm really, I'm really happy to discuss <laughs> we've, it. We've got two right backs worse than Licksteiner, I mean, Cyrus Christie and uh, Timothy Fossey Mensa. I honestly don't think they are. You have not watched as much Fulham <laughs> as I have, sir. <laughs> on, a, on a slight tangent, I mean, on the subject of players who have been really bad. Gonzalo Higuain they both are in their 30s they both came from Syria. is it too easy to just say Syria is slow and they are too slow for the Premier League I think it's a really dangerous place to buy from I've particularly I'd, at that age mm. oh definitely yeah I'd agree with the, the age thing especially I think there are young players there that could come over to the Premier League and definitely do a job but it, I don't know what it is you can't retire from Syria into the Premier League it's such a strange yeah, decision the intensity is not no. There in Italy, you know, it doesn't make them a worse footballer, but they can't make the step up at that age. I don't think. I think yeah, that's the nicest thing I'm ever going to say <laughs> regarding the Sinai situation. So we're going to move on to our final topic, uh, and we haven't really mentioned him so far. It's Meza Ozil, and I don't think you can talk about Arsenal without talking about Ozil. Um, so he's made 20 Premier League appearances this season, and bear in mind Arsenal played 32 games, and he hasn't. He hasn't. I don't think he's legitimately been injured that much. I know he's missed a lot of games through illness and that kind of thing, but. Ozil must have had more sick days than all of us combined like in our entire working lives. <laughs> the amount of times that he's not in the squad and then it's explained as, oh, Ozil's sick today. It's like, how often does this guy get sick? But anyway, he's played 20 Premier League games, four goals, just two assists. How many Fortnite games has he played? <laughs> Several thousands. <laughs> I think it actually is in the thousands. I'm not, I would not be surprised. And in comparison, last season he played 26 Premier League games, four goals, nine assists. So clearly his output is down. Um... I think it's clear that Emery doesn't fancy him. Is it is that fair to say? But why why do you think he why do you think he doesn't fancy him? I've been thinking about this a lot today, and I think I really like the way Emery has handled the situation. I think he's come into the club wanting to put a fresh stamp, put his own stamp, make it his own team, and he's seen a Meza Özil who still behaves the same way he did under Wenger, where he had special dispensation to have one day less training a week than everyone else which just doesn't wash and I think his treatment of it I don't, I don't I don't know I don't think it's so much he doesn't fancy him I think he's just so outraged at the way he his attitude is to play and I don't, I don't think he necessarily shows it on the pitch I, I think he gets a lot of abuse just because of his demeanour on the pitch but I don't know I think he just wanted to make an example and I think from an Arsenal point of view, it's bad that it was Ozil because of the situation with his contract and he's already got enough criticism as it is. But I think now he's back. I think Emery likes him. He didn't take him off against Everton, which was big for Ozil because he always is the first to come off. 
He did so. come off eventually, though, didn't he? Mm, but it wasn't he threw first. His coat at Silver. <laughs> but it wasn't first. So I, I think he'll. I think he's realised that he definitely needs to play him because he's not going anywhere. No one's going to buy him. We've got him next season, and he is a good player. Do you think he fits into Emery's style of football, Ben? I think. I think he can do. But I don't know how willing Ozil is to change even a small part of his game to fit into another system. I think it's either his way or, or no way. And I think that's probably where some of the issues have come from. I think the, the lack of commitment from Ozil this season has been so obvious, though. And you really can't have a player like that in your team week in, week out, who, you know, on a Friday night goes, now nah, don't fancy it next tomorrow morning. I also think the fact that the, uh, the spotlight has been taken so far away from him with, you know, Lacazette and Aubameyang's partnership up front. You know, he's not, he's not the assist maker anymore. Those two do it for themselves now. And I wonder how if that plays in his mind at all when he plays. I think it's been a real big six months for him as a person. So I think he's really had to adjust how he was, his attitude towards playing football and actually come through and like step up and change everything he was doing because he wasn't behaving like a professional footballer. He was going and performing. And he was. He was putting on performances every now and then. And he could do that, but he wasn't ready to dig in and play every game he just doesn't didn't I, I think he has changed but he didn't want to do it I don't think he genuinely wanted to play every game because he seems so excited for the games he did play this is purely based on social media but he did seem like he was excited and then when he didn't play it was just nothing mm. and it wasn't like oh gutted I'm missing out for this game I just don't think he even thought about it that much he was obviously handed a massive contract I think it was January last year I mean we don't know the exact figures, but it's been reported as about 350,000. Um, we do know the exact figures. Statman Ben there. <laughs> do we? Oh. Um, so, <laughs> I was pointing out we've got to go soon. <laughs> oh, right. I thought you were pointing to your phone and you no, had the stat right there. So in hindsight, given that it's going to be almost impossible to shift him, given the wages he's on, should he have gone in January? Or should he have gone in the summer? Not this January, previous January. Or should he have gone on a free in the summer? Um, no, I think I, I can't. I've I was so happy when he signed because he's one of our best players. He's still one of our best players, and Emery is doing what he needs to do to get him to be at the level, get him to be at the commitment levels, performance levels to be good for Arsenal. And he's come out of the hard part of that, and I think he's going to be good for us next season. Right, final question, Ben. Cause we've got to wrap up because we've actually got a football match to play. Will he be at Arsenal next season, Ozil? Yes, but I don't think they want him to be there. <laughs> <laughs> is that that's so non-committal? Like in the, I saw uh, there was a headline of so this is a mass tangent again, but Solskjaer was saying uh, Pogba. The headline was Pogba will be at United next season. You get into the um, you get into the article, and Solskjaer's actual words was, "I don't see why not." Yeah. <laughs> in conclusion, yes and no. <laughs> right. So we're going to wrap it up. Sorry, what's your thoughts on Ozil? Just for will leave. Ozil be what? My thoughts on Ozil in general. Ozil in general, and will he be there next I season? I think he is an unbelievably talented footballer, but I just think his attitude doesn't match his talent. So he's perfect to play in home games against Burnley or Newcastle, putting behind a Bemiang and Lacazette. But I just don't think you could trust him in a big game. Um, will he be at Arsenal next season? The only way I could see him going is if he went to China. Oh, I know. I know they've got massive taxes on foreign signings now, so I don't know if that's an option. Or I think if he went Turkey, to like Turkey would yeah, be an option, a Fenerbahce or Galatasaray or something like that. So, or the only other one is maybe like one of those Syria sides, like Inter or someone like that might pick him up. But 
off to Qatar he's, he goes. Yeah. His options are limited. I think he'll probably still be at Arsenal. I really hope he stays. Um, right, so anyway, we're going to wrap this up. So we've already covered, covered Fulham. We've covered Arsenal. Next hopefully week, you know what's coming, then, yeah. Hopefully next week, but perhaps a week after. I reckon we'll probably do Chelsea. I'm putting the pieces together, and I think we've got a Ben Evans hosting a podcast about Sarri. I mean, that sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> a year ago, if you told me that, then I wouldn't have believed you. But no, who knows what mood I still I'll don't be believe in. you. <laughs> who knows what mood I'll be in next, season, uh, next week? Like, we could have just beaten Ars- uh, Liverpool and derailed their title challenge. Or we, we could have, have lost to Slavia Prague and then smashed to Anfield. You could have also dropped Karen Hudson-Odoi once again. <laughs> I can't help stopping um, dropping tangents, but oh, Chelsea bloody writing on their ticket information, the wrong Prague. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. Good, yeah. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> I think you've got he it said, right. Said right Slavia. And Chelsea for the Sparta. I would love it if that was a club-wide thing and you can compare it for the wrong team, but I don't know. It probably, it probably doesn't <laughs> mean you're wrong grounds. But anyway, finish the pod. We've got to go. Right, thank you for listening. We've got a train to catch. We'll hopefully speak to you soon.